Welcome to Real Estate 360. And now, your hosts and experts, Steve Connolly and Jason Miles. Hello and welcome to Real Estate 360. This is Steve Connolly, hashtag unemployable. And this is Jason O. Miles, hashtag the real estate trainer. You know what it is. We do, we do, we do. (laughs) So we have another terribly exciting show for you folks out there today, including, you know, what to expect next, which, you know, might or might not be an up market or it might be a down market. And also we're going to have some stories as well, you know, some examples. That's all we do. That's all we really have. I know. (laughs) You know what we should do? And I was thinking about this the other day. We should have just a show of nothing but stories about properties and that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe we'll do that next week. Those, those are, I mean, we'd probably need a a day. Oh yeah. Tell all those stories. (laughs) We, we need a week. (laughs) I mean, you know, nonstop commercial free radio, 60 years or so of uh, real estate investing. We got to have like a week's worth of stories. That's that's for sure. That's for sure. And some of them are not pleasant, but you know, that's kind of what some people want to hear. You know, they want to hear, the disasters. And you know, when we listen to the gurus, yeah, right? The, right. The, the guys that are out there that you're spending, people are spending 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, $100,000 on uh, to learn, quote unquote, you know, I've got the air quotes going. Right. Uh, you know, uh, these guys will tell their people, well, you know, we haven't lost ever. You yeah, know? sure. We've never had, we've never lost money on a deal. They, they'll actually tell people that. Mm. And uh, hey, listen. I wish that we could bat a thousand. You know, I wish that we could bat five hundred. Oh, we're batting better than five hundred. Well, you know what I mean. You know, I do. I mean, I always use that baseball analogy. Yeah, you know, baseball players going to the Hall of Fame. You know, hitting three hundred. I mean, that's a fantastic number. Exactly. But you know, we're probably batting uh, batting eighty eight hundred to nine hundred. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for absolutely, sure. You know. You know. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, take losses half the time, right? No. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of our gains are pretty big, and whatever losses we have uh, encountered have relatively been small in in relation to what we make on all the other deals. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a, you know, you you cannot take some risk, right? And be in business. Period. That's right. I mean, we're we're offloading some of our older wholesale deals right now that we know we're going to lose a little bit of money on. Yeah. So that we can buy the new stuff, get new blood in the veins, if you will, you know, because when we bought them, it was a good time. Those were good numbers. Then right. the market is different today. Absolutely. So we've got to get rid of those things one way or another. And psychically it's really good for us to get rid of those things because they're like little miniature anchors. You know, they, they drop and they hold the ship, yeah. the big ship yeah. in place too long. Every time you hear the address, it's like, oh, God, no. I know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, no. But, that again? Yeah. <laughs> but listen, you you had a, a great topic for today, which is how to make money in a down market. Absolutely. Now, because, I don't think this is a down market. It's not a down market. It's not a down market. But we've been in an upswing for quite some time. Yeah, we have. And, you know, of course, what goes up must come down. I'm not rooting for that to happen. It would be great if we could have a, an you know, the cycle that we've been having could go on forever, but, you know, it can't. The yin must come with the yang. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? So there are ways, though, to make a lot of money. I mean, we, I, I, just talking about me, I, I'm just talking about me. I have made more money coming out of this last downturn than I have ever made before. 
Well, you know, just talking about me, uh, I'd say me too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've know. never seen a market change and move so fast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've only been doing this for 35 years, and I've been saying that for probably at least five. <laughs> That's right. You know, so a while. And yeah. it's really exciting. So, you know, but but that had a correction mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as things are going to cycle. That's right. And that's a moderate um, correction. I mean, if you're listening to the talking heads, the pundits, if you will, you know, everyone is, <clears throat> you know, with the chicken little thing right now. You know, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. And, you know, when is it going to happen? You know, all of the indicators, there are a lot of indicators that say it's going to happen. But when, of course, none of us have a crystal ball. Yeah. But what we do need to be is prepared. You know, I was just thinking when you were saying that uh, <clears throat> about a year ago, or maybe maybe even a little less, we're talking about, uh, and you'll have to refresh my memory on this. It was something about the Fed rate going below certain numbers, and it, it was uh, inverted something. The inverted yield curve. That's it. The inverted yes. yield curve. Thank you. <laughs> And they were saying, oh, man, that's terrible, terrible. Right after that happens, then we're going to have a, you know, a big correction. Mm-hmm. We, we actually did have a little correction, mm-hmm. but it wasn't tremendous at no, all. No, no. And, and once we have this next correction, I mean, everyone is afraid. I mean, 2008 is still very, very fresh in pretty much everyone's mind. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how – you can be 24 right now, and you can remember – what it felt like, or you know, to live in a household where your parents were losing things. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it was a tough time. It was a very, very difficult time. There were a lot of divorces. There were a lot of suicides. There were a lot of obviously businesses going, you know, under. Right. Big, huge, massive companies uh, went under. So there was what hope is there for us, the little guy, right? That's right. When Lehman Brothers is going out of business, what <laughs> is right. going on? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a hundred and something year old company. It's a juggernaut, but it was, uh, it was, it was earth shattering, right? You know what we went through and, and, uh, it was, if you've read anything about the depression, 1929, uh, it was as close to that as we could have come. Exactly. You know, I mean, of course we didn't have the bread lines, but, uh, I mean, it was pretty, pretty bad for a lot of folks. People couldn't go to the grocery store. It was cheaper to go to McDonald's to feed your family than it was to go to the grocery store. That's amazing. You know, and uh, <clears throat> that's, that's really, really how, how bad it was here. And that's nothing in comparison to what happened in other countries. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, people, some will say, you know, we Americans live in a fishbowl. You know, we can't see out, but everybody can see in. I heard Robert Kiyosaki say that this morning. Mm. And there is a lot of truth in that. Right. We live in this bubble. Whatever happens to us, it's the end of the world. It's all bad. But there are things that are that affect us that are affecting other people around the world, you know, in a in a much, much deeper capacity. Yeah, I've heard that when America sneezes, the rest of the world gets the flu or polio right. <laughs> or something. That's, right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But there's opportunity there. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely, there's opportunity. Right. There's opportunity everywhere. People made money in 1929 and 1930. That's right. And all the way through that day, some people became very rich right. during that time. And and I think the idea there is to not get caught up in the macroeconomics. Whatever's going on out there in the world is going on. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it has to really affect you. 
in your little microeconomics position. So, you know, you've got control of whatever it is you have control over mm-hmm. here. And really, I think in whatever industry you're in, whether it's real estate or it's, you know, making furniture or it's uh, marketing or, or sales, doesn't matter. You focus on whatever it is you do and you look for the gaps there and, and just be aware of whatever's happening within your purview you can still do extremely well. That's right. And and for the vast majority of people, what they don't do is shift gears. Right. Right? They get into a they get into a situation where it's like, okay, this is how I make money, and then I'm just doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, things change. When conditions, economic cycles differ, you have to be able to shift laterally. You have to move with the market. Not necessarily as it flows, but you've got to change what you do. If we're wholesaling, and you know better than I that in 2008-9, wholesaling was dead. Oh, yeah. So if you're trying to wholesale, I mean, you're you're just spinning your wheels at that time. Yeah. You're just spinning your wheels. So you have to shift. There's got to be another way to look at this. And we knew that that way was to focus on rental properties. Mm-hmm. whether you were being the landlord or you were selling it to people that wanted to be a landlord, because where do you, I mean, what major city could you have gone into even then and bought a house for $18,000 that's ready to move in? Well, I don't know. All of them probably. <laughs> I mean, not, not many. <laughs> no, not really. No, oh, no I was just thinking that. about my experience. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. In <laughs> any, any major city around the country, yeah. you know, there wasn't, there was an opportunity here in Atlanta in the Southeast in general, but in Atlanta in particular, for people that, and we saw that, we yeah. saw hedge funds coming here and buying up hundreds, thousands of properties and renting them out because they were getting them for virtually nothing. I think they, they just sent people down to the courthouse uh, house and said, here, here's 10 million, here's 20 million. Here's a backpack full of money. And Go spend, spend it. it all. <laughs> Go you spend know? it. That's exactly you know, what Just they bid did. on it, whatever. <clears throat> do, exactly do whatever you have to do to get those houses. <laughs> That's and, exactly what they did. You couldn't compete. No. You no. couldn't compete. You know, you had to be creative, but there was opportunity there. And for those that could see through the fog, through the pain, and yeah. said, hey, I'm a real estate guy, and yep, funding is dried up, so I've got to raise money. i got to raise private capital, you know, to get these places. Or, um, or, or do arbitrage. Or do arbitrage. Well, can you explain arbitrage to us? Sure. Do I have enough time? <laughs> You've got plenty of time. <laughs> Arbitrage is simply finding a buyer and a seller at the same time and orchestrating the transaction so something falls out of the middle. Yeah, same time. Same time. I don't know you like that. Same time. Trade. Same time. (laughs) And then hopefully something falls out of the middle for you. That's right. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Let's take a break. Okay. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it is, call us. I'm Scott with Five Star Services. We do home innovations from your rooftop all the way down to the ground. Interior, exterior, it doesn't matter. We do it all. Give us a call. You can reach us at 404-348-2348. That's 404-348-2348. Or you can get us online at www.fivestarservicesatlanta.com. Give us a call. Estimates are free. We'll be happy to take a look at what you have. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it is, call us. I'm Scott Bowen with Five Star Services. 
All right, uh, we are back. It's the Real Estate 360 Show. Yes, indeed. Let's and by the way, it's three Real Estate 360 Show. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. And they can find us on every platform of wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all the whatever there is, wherever you can get it, go get it. You as know, well as, as well, sir. Yes, as well. As YouTube. Wow. Real Estate 360. Can they see us there? They can see us, hear us, almost, almost smell us. Listen, you know, I'll usually wear something <laughs> crazy, some, you know. And uh, actually, my wife told me this morning as I was walking out the door, don't you have your radio show today? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> today you're said, the crazy regular guy. Yeah, yeah, well, I said, yeah, I'm disguised as me. You know, what I usually wear when I'm out doing real estate, which is this leather jacket, this, you know, button-down collar, blue jeans. You know, that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, this is my uniform. That's right. You know, it's what I want to wear. But uh, who cares, you know? Did Beyonce give you that uniform? <laughs> what? <laughs> Apparently she's giving uniforms to Popeyes, or Popeyes made uniforms that look like her line of clothing, actually. Do I look like I work at Popeyes? Do, you don't I'm even, unemployable. You do look like a Beyonce fan, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're dead on right there. I'm totally all over Beyonce, you know. <laughs> so, but. listen, you were talking about all the platforms, and last week I said... <laughs> Go listen to it on any of the platforms that you like. That's and, right. you know, because uh, I didn't list them. I know some of them, you know. Yeah. But, but you know, our producers and everybody kind of laughed, you know, like, hey, you know what you're listening to? You know what iPad pod you're listening to, right? <laughs> I, iTunes thing. Yeah. Go do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you do it on YouTube, go do that. That's right. Yeah. Just go do it and continue to engage with us. We appreciate it. We love it. You know, we want you to do that. Yeah, that's I right. Like that. that's like, He's laughing again. That's right. Wherever They're both you do laughing. It, Steve said, wherever you do it, do it with us. That's right. That's right. There you go. <laughs> so, but hey, you're not here to talk about that because, you know, you're listening to us now. So you already figured out where to listen to us. That's right. So um, we're talking about how to make money in a down market. That's right. And I'm tell me, how do you do that? So listen, you know, you've got uh, some of the greatest investors of our time, of all time, people mm. like Warren Buffett and. Kiyosaki, and uh, I mean, you can just go down the list of people that look for opportunities uh, right now, for instance. I mean, we talked about it several weeks ago, how Warren Buffett, or, or should I say Berkshire Hathaway, has approximately $121 million just sitting to the side. I have an idea for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, That's Warren. Right. I mean, it. he's doing that for a reason. Sure. You know, he's doing that for a reason. He's looking for the super buy. I mean, he started a real estate company coming out of 2008. You know, why would he do that? Why would he, why would there be Berkshire Hathaway uh, uh, real estate company for a guy that is worth 80 something billion dollars? Why would he start a real estate? Firm? I don't know. Why would he do that? Because there was blood in the streets. Yes. A lot of it. There was. <laughs> and some of it was mine. That's right. <laughs> there was a lot of blood in the streets and he went in like many, many others, and just start, saw an opportunity and went about it in that manner. Some yeah. people bought um, subdivisions. Some people bought, I'm talking about these big hedge funds, big companies. Some people bought single-family homes to rent out. He decided to do it a little differently. He started a firm. He had the relationships with the banks. He could get listings, specifically the REO listings. Right. You know, he was um, 
uh, an advisor to the big five when they were trying to figure out where to put the bottom or how to put a bottom in place mm. so that the values could stop falling so fast. So he was an advisor on that board, and he said, well, wait a minute, I'm here. I'm, I'm in front of the five largest uh, landowners in the world, Yeah, you know, the banks, the five biggest banks in this country and obviously in the world, some of the biggest in the world. I'm giving them advice. Let me assert myself here and start some kind of a real estate company, which he did in Berkshire Hathaway. The real estate firm is doing very, very well. Yeah. Very, very well. They are akin to Sotheby's exactly. at this point. You know, so um, <clears throat> the point is you have to be able to recognize when there's a shift in the market so that you can take advantage of it. You've got to put yourself in the mindset of I'm going to make it. I'm going to make this. I'm going to make something out of this because there's always an opportunity there. Now we can see it. We've read about it before this 2008 thing happened. Everybody is so concerned right now about what's going to happen if Donald Trump wins or loses and this, that, and the other. Listen, you've got to hold yourself together hmm. no matter what you have financially. You've got to hold yourself together and start to plan for things. It doesn't matter the industry that you're in either. Right. Right? You have to understand when things, when there is a shift in the economy, and there will be because there always is, prepare yourself. For us, it's real estate, and that's why we're here. We know that when we start to see uh, job declines, right? Right now, um, you know, jobs are always up, right? Well, right now, anyway, right now. it seems like every month they're up. Yeah. You know, one month they're up 196, another month they're up 200, the very next month they're up 200 and something thousand jobs. I mean, it's massive, you know, um, and construction is a major part of that. It was approximately 25% of the job growth. That's huge. It's massive, right? It's, it's a big, big deal. That means there's a lot of opportunity there. Now, somebody's going to get caught with their pants down. No doubt. When the, when the market <laughs> shifts. So how do you make money in in that? How do you what do you do what are you doing when lending dries up, when values fall? You have to find a way to get some kind of liquidity like we were just talking about, whether you're raising it or simply searching for people that want to invest in a very particular manner and fill that void. Be that person because that's where you get wealthy. There was a 25-year-old kid who started wholesaling in 2010. Right? right. 25 years old in 2010, he has made over $100 million over this 10-year period. Wow. Over $100 million. Wholesaling. Wholesaling, and that's it. That's all he did. He created um, a network of wholesale uh, wholesalers, but really he created a process to wholesale virtually anywhere in the country, and he made over $100 million doing it. That's amazing. In just 10 years. In just 10 years. Now, of course, he does other things. Mm -hmm. You know, he invests in multifamily uh, real estate. He does have a bunch of single-family homes that he was renting out, which he's liquidating to buy more apartment complexes. Funny he should be doing that. <laughs> That's right. He's into lending. I mean, he's 35 years old now, That's and he's, you know, he's got significant wealth, and he's positioned himself to do it again because he knows how to do it. Exactly. You know, um, we've been around long enough to see the cycles. Yeah. And some people that are just getting into real estate or have only been into it for four or five or six or 10 years haven't really seen the cycles. Yeah. 10 years was on the cusp there, yeah. you know, but, um, 
So when I, when you and I are looking around, we're saying, okay, we're in this particular cycle right now. And it's been keeping in mind from my perspective, it looks to me like it's always a boom bust economy. Mm. So I'm looking at all this construction going on and all these condos and all these houses that are driving around and there's more and more and more. And there's commercial that's being built. I saw driving past the printer mall this morning, they're building the out parcels. I said, okay. So now that those out parcels have been there for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And all of a sudden now they're building on them. Yeah. I'm saying, okay. So the circumstances have come together to create the right economy so that they can afford they're making some really good money when they're selling those out parcels and putting in businesses that can support mm-hmm. support that that funding on the back end. But all that is, as I'm looking around at all these properties, I'm thinking, oh wow, here we are. We're in the we're certainly in the the boom part of the cycle. Yeah, and that means that as you just said, some people are going to be caught with their pants down, mm. and but that's going to be opportunity. That is opportunity. Now, something else. No. I, I know you want to say something about that. No, no, that. no. Please, please, go ahead. Please. You you said something to me, um, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago. And about, it stuck with you? I, I remember stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Certain things, you know. It resonated with you. Know, you. Sometimes if my wife's talking to me, I forget. But uh, um, selective memory, as that's we call right, it. That's right, that's right. So you said, um, okay. You said, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my fault, my fault. <laughs> you said, hey, there's this guy that made 30% returns on the money in multifamily mm-hmm. during the 2008-2009 recession. I, yes. said, I said, oh, my God, that guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. Turns out, I don't know if he's a genius or not, but he was in the right place at the right time, That's and he's right. still doing it. Right. And so that's one of the reasons I th- that is in the back of my mind that we needed to be in the multifamily mm-hmm. preparing for the next cycle. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because <clears throat> when you look at the numbers, uh, during the last downturn, uh, there was just over a 1% default rate in multifamily. I think it was like 1.14%. That's nothing. Exactly. And, and what was the default rate for single family? It was 10%. In- now, to put that in perspective, if for all of those, for all of us who lived through the 2008 downturn, that was only 10% of the real estate market. And that's what it did to us. That is devastating, but that's huge numbers for financial. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Ridiculously huge. But when you look at it and you, you, you try to put it in perspective and say, well, if I had a dollar and I lost a dime, I'd be okay. Yeah. But when you're over leveraged as our country and our financial system was, that 10% is like significant. It's break time. Hi, this is Sammy with Sammy Hadid Real Estate, Keller Williams. Are you looking for a top producing agent who will look out for your best interests, top dollar on the sale of your home, a well-negotiated contract, an efficient closing? Please call me at 305-978-4249. I'm more than happy to set up a consultation. I'll put together a proposal for you to net top dollar for your home, what it is that I'm doing to get all my homes sold. Then you can decide what's best for you. Again, I'll do whatever it takes to get your home sold for top dollar, and I promise you that I will protect your equity with my life. 305-978-4249. Sammy Hadid, H-A-D-I-D. And we 
are back. We are back. Thank you for staying with us. Steve. Yes. We are talking about how to make money in a down market, you know, how to pull yourself up. And we've done a lot of different things to pull ourselves out of that situation, get back on our feet. And we have, to this point, done extraordinarily well for ourselves. Yes. Um, but another thing that we are doing is preparing ourselves for a downturn in the market. We right? are. And and that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about what do you do when there's nothing, but it's if, if you're doing something right now, you can prepare. And we're, we're doing these things, and we're speaking to some people that are either doing it or preparing to do something. Right. Right? So if you're hearing this, if you anyone who can hear my voice right now, get up off your butt and do something. You know, stop listening. Don't wait to get all the education because you're not going to get all the education. This is a never-ending cycle of education. You're always going to learn something new. Stop waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until you're ready because you're never going to be ready. There's never going to be the perfect time. Now is the time. Just do something. You know, we have a mentor student now, and he is analytical. And and he calls me on occasion like every other day Yeah, and says, <laughs> okay, what am I missing here? And he's going through all the numbers and, and just totally overthinking it. And I said, look, just go make some offers, mm-hmm. you know, go make a whole, make as many offers as you possibly can. And, and you will learn it as you go. That's right. There's no possible way that anybody can tell you everything you need to know before you start. That's It's impossible. I mean, you know, we just, we just had a house where um, we were into it and we found out that we needed to have a, a contractor approved with all kinds of documentation <laughs> that is just absolutely insane. It's more like commercial, you right. know, documentation for a single family house. Come on. Yeah. And, and we couldn't get a draw on it. So, you know, I've only been doing this for 35 years. As I keep saying, I've never seen that. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you predict everything? So I'm telling this guy, I said, look, just, just do it. Take the action. Go make offers. Are, I said, you can't lose if you use our contracts. You know, there's due diligence in there. So you have a few days due diligence. You can turn around and remarket. You get, you get feedback mm-hmm. from that. There's a financing contingency clause in there. Even after you get past the, the due diligence, mm-hmm. you're, you, you only – you're going to lose your time, effort, and energy, but you're going to gain experience and knowledge. That's right. And you alluded to what you just mentioned about what's in the contracts. You know, what's in those contracts? People will go out and they'll go to, you know, their RIA meetings and get a standard contract or they'll download a standard contract. If you don't really know what you need to have in those contracts, you can really be setting yourself up for failure, thinking you're doing one thing, but contractually, you're not able to do what you want to do. Right. So it's very, very important to understand what goes in your contracts. You do not need a six, eight-page contract. Do they exist? Absolutely. Do people use them? Yes, for for many, many different reasons. One, to hide things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Two, uh, what they're hiding is always in their benefit because they know 99% of the people are not going to read a six-page contract. Right? So they bury stuff in there. We use a very simple one-page contract. Exactly. That we modify. Actually, you spearhead that probably every quarter. 
I ha- yes, and I've kind of gotten it where I like it. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. I was reading. I was actually rereading uh, my insurance clause in there, and I might make a little alteration in that. Yeah, yeah. But it's good enough, just like it is. It's great, but it started with I think a four-page contract. Yeah. That had absolutely every way that we could buy a property. It did. <laughs> yeah. You pick a box. And now I can, you know, I can change that. You can, anybody can change that with two sentences underneath, you know, how we're buying it, you know, Mm -hmm. two sentences. Oh, by the way, it's owner financing, put a little asterisk, owner financing, 30 year am, 10%, whatever the numbers are. That's right. You just change it. But, you know, you, you have to have some experience Mm -hmm. before you can start changing your contracts. You have to know what it is that you know, that you're, you're shooting for and you have to be able to write. That's right. You know, that's right. And that's where I, obviously the most important aspects of what we do are in those contracts. So we have built in, or I should say you mm. have built in uh, extension clauses under certain circumstances. No, there's not an extension clause. There's unlimited amount of time to do anything we want. <laughs> Pretty much. <right. laughs> we have, we have, uh, I, I won't say fought, but we've had people try to pull out of these contracts. Yeah. Uh, for one reason or another, where a perfect example is the uh, the Dunlap Five. Oh my God! Oh, what a nightmare deal! You Let's know. don't talk about it. <laughs> but more, <laughs> more importantly, this is a, I gotta say. Okay, so here's a deal. I think we've talked about this before, but I don't know if we've talked about this one aspect of it. But here was a deal that we barely finished, and it had five owners. And all five owners were in different countries. None of them was America. Okay. So all these different people all around the world had to sign at different times and different processes. It literally took 10 months to clear the title. And listen, just for clarity, the reason that it was like this, they were five townhouses all in a row. Yes. And we, we were buying all five of those. Yes. Are you, yeah. Well, yeah, we were going to buy them. And then we started doing something different, buying larger um, apartment buildings. So we just, we we're going to wholesale this. So as we were wholesaling it, everyone was patient. Everyone was patient until the title work was done. Mm. And then everybody started to get antsy. And the gentleman in the middle was trying to weasel out of the contract because he was getting higher offers. Right. And they found very quickly, as they tried to circumvent us, that that wasn't going to happen. Right. The lawyers wouldn't go for it. They couldn't do anything. They, you know, they were going to get hit with uh, list pendants on these properties. Had they tried to do it, they wouldn't have been able to sell them. Uh, and there wasn't another attorney that would touch the deal because of this. And it had everything to do with the language in the contract. Pretty good. Huh? Everything to do with the language in the contract. So you have to understand what's in there. It's just not a bunch of black ink on white paper. You know, the attorney's office called me and said, uh, do you have a contract on these? And I said, Absolutely do. You know, has it expired? I said, no, there's no possible way. My contract can expire. Uh, and, and by the way, we're still in, you know, the, the seller's side correcting the title work. Right. And uh, she said, okay. Yeah. And in the end, we sold them. It wound up costing an enormous amount of money, but for us, it was time, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and thankfully, it was your time and not mine. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> It was uh, it was quite a deal. Yeah, I'm glad it's over. So so we're back to um, getting pulling yourself up. You know, Horatio Alger. You know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and whatever. I, don't, I never understood that because <laughs> don't you have to be you're gonna if you do that 
aren't you off the ground? And how do you walk? You're pulling your feet up. Maybe I'm taking it too literal. (laughs) Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, I have a I have a little house that I kind of mentioned. Is it on the prairie? (laughs) Zoom over my okay. No, it's not on the prairie. Good grief. Man, that was quick. I'm full of a Oh, man, it's you are super fast. No, it was in Pittsburgh. Now, I don't mean Pennsylvania. I mean the little community down that's right. southwest Atlanta, Pittsburgh, that's absolutely skyrocketed in value. <laughs> oh. Scratching my head. Don't know why. Yeah. You know, but it, it, I know why. It's location. And, and, and I always thought Pittsburgh was a great location. I could never understand why it looked so terrible. <laughs> Except for, you know. Anybody that wanted to steal stuff from you lived in Pittsburgh. That's for sure. But so I bought this place. It was, <laughs> I put it under contract. It was a wholesale deal. Uh, it was actually, it was a lender REO. Mm. And it, and I went down and looked at it. It was concrete block. Um, pretty decent shape considering, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't really move in, but it looked like it had been like a flop house kind of thing mm. or room rental. Yeah. Central heat and air. And most of the stuff was still there. The wires were still on the walls, you That's know. That's good. You know, in that area, that's that's, that's the way it is. You It'll know, save you five thousand dollars right there. Yeah, so um, <laughs> you know, I wrote it up and put it out. Uh, I got a contract to buy it. You know, I think it was like thirty five, and I thought I was paying way too much for for it. Mm-hmm. It was probably two thousand square feet, good size house, six bedrooms, one bath. <laughs> you know, with two of the bedrooms <laughs> used to be a living room, so no living room, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway. Um, so, and I turned around and wholesaled it off to this guy that, uh, and I, and it was like $10,000, you know, wholesale fee mm. and he wanted to negotiate. And I finally came back and said, no, uh, as a matter of fact, my price is a little bit higher and, and he paid cash for it and we closed it out and we got it done. But, um, what he did was he said, I, I said, what are you going to do with this? He said, I'm going to rent the rooms and it'll cash flow like crazy. And he's paid. And that's what he did. He just built his cash that way. And when you're in a position like that where you pay cash for cheap houses and you develop a cash flow, you're impervious to a down in the market. Mm. Aren't you? Uh, I don't know. I guess you could be. You're in, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you, guess you could I mean, be. I wouldn't want to be doing that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like what we're doing that's a lot right. better. That's right. But, but I, the point was that uh, he doesn't have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So he's he's not going to get foreclosed on, you know. Even if the area moves out, they stop paying him. Yeah. So what? Yeah. You know, get up and do it again. And in the meantime, that house is probably worth one hundred and fifty thousand mm. dollars right now. You know, just because of the structure, and he's done a little bit of work to fix it up. Right. Right. It's in the right. It's in the location. It's just timing. Yeah, it is. I mean, we're looking at properties that we could have picked up for twenty grand three years ago that are selling for a hundred in the exact same condition now. In, the, in that area, as well as uh, 30318, parts of 30318. It's just amazing um, uh, what, what we're seeing going on in, in our market. But we, it is just important for everyone to understand that when you see values getting this out of control, even on the wholesale side, yeah. there's something coming. Yeah, let's talk about that because there's a squeeze right now. Yeah. Let's talk about the squeeze. After the break. Yes. Do you need to sell your house? Well, our company will buy, will buy your house. We make the process very fast, very easy, and it's all cash. All you have to do is give us a call today. 
We'll buy your house. Click 833-WILLBUY.COM. That's 833-W-E-L-L-B-U-Y.COM. Or call 833-WILLBUY. Se habla español, llámanos, call us today. Hello and welcome back to Real Estate 360. Steve Conley and Jason O. Miles. What's the O stand for? Yeah. It's, it's just, I know where that came from. It's the girls. They said, oh. It's Miles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get, well, I do get a lot though, because I use my middle initial. It's my middle initial. But a lot of people think it's O Miles, like O'Malley or O'Reilly. Right. Yeah. But I definitely utilize that during um, well, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the worst ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm Jason O. Miles, not Jason O. Period Miles. No, why, not? why would you be? Miles. I yeah. got to get the beer, man. Got to get the beer. Not too many people see, you know, black Irishmen. But they exist <laughs> they somewhere exist. They do exist. over the rainbow, under They're the like, rainbow. We even a leprechaun over here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we're talking about preparedness, but you know, sometimes um, things just happen yeah. to push you in a direction. And so just what I'm seeing is that in the Atlanta area, it's getting more and more difficult to find what we would call a good uh, wholesale real estate fix and flip wholesale deal. It's it's difficult from the perspective of what we're accustomed to seeing. Correct. In other words, the formulas that we are comfortable with, those numbers are harder to find because Absolutely. people who are selling their houses are, there's a lot more information out there in terms of valuation. So they're saying, well, if that house sold for this and mine should sell for that, and that may or may not mm-hmm. be true. But um, so they're pushing the values up what they want to sell their houses for and in the meantime, we've seen last year, especially, you know, toward the end of last year, the, the retail values coming down, mm. causing a squeeze. Absolutely. The squeeze. That was the squeeze. That's I was the squeeze. About. That's the squeeze. And then, and how you find money in there. So you've got a lot of people that, that have some liquidity that are saying, okay, I'll make 40000 instead of 60000 Yeah. You know, but they've got some cash to throw into those deals. Right. For the people that don't have that cash, they're not going to be able to do those deals because the lenders don't like them. Right. You know, and you've got to buy your way into those deals. Basically, you're going to spend 20 to make 40, you know. But <clears throat> it's tough for people that are getting started. Uh, we're seeing, you know, wholesale fees go uh, to the more reasonable range uh, here. Yeah. Uh, you know, of three to $5,000. Exactly. You know, are we still doing some where we're getting 10 and 15? Yeah. But they are few and far between right now. Those are actually, those are easier to do on commercial and multifamily. Oh, much easier, much yeah. easier. But, you know, during one of the breaks, we were, we were talking about alternatives to that. So, you know, you've got to be able to pivot a little bit. That's right. So what's one of the answers for getting away from the squeeze? Now, you were talking about other areas. Yeah. So we we looked at other areas, especially when we were developing our processes for multifamily. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> um, I was looking specifically in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, it was a way for me to test my theories out, if you will, you know, uh, fine tune my um, processes and systems and say, hey, look, this is what we need to look for. This is what we need to do. But I could go there and I could buy, you know, a six unit building for 
$15,000. You could buy or you did buy? I did buy. Oh, okay. I well, tell buy. us about that. Yes, I did buy. I bought several of them, and I didn't hold them long because, again, I was trying. To, I was, wasn't trying. I was testing my theory, my processes. So I bought them, fixed them, and then I was using a property management company in Birmingham to basically do everything so I didn't have to go over there. You know, they oversaw everything mm-hmm. from the construction to the management of the um, property once it was ready to go. And we didn't have to stick a ton of money into any of that. And lending was uh, very easy mm-hmm. to get on those because uh, they were buy and hold op- options. Um, so we went, we looked for a couple deals. Uh, you remember, um, oh, I'll think of his name here in a second. Um, Brad, Brad. Oh, sure. So Brad and I went and we looked at a bunch of stuff. <clears throat> and uh, you got to remember this because I was telling you, come to this, man. Come on. And you were like, no, not interested. <laughs> Why would I no, do that? Not interested in that at all. <laughs> so, all right. And so we went over there and I uh, looked at a bunch of stuff and I started picking some stuff up because it was really, really affordable. Yeah. And uh, the rents were only about 425 but we're only into these things per door about eight, nine grand. Right. You know, so making $425 a month, less 10%. Was really and it, and it was all cash. It was there were no subsidies. We didn't have to. I mean, four twenty five is what people were paying. High rent at the time was four seventy five, but it gave us room uh, to increase, increase but, which I never rent. did have an increase in the rent because we sold them first. Somebody wanted to, to buy those from you so fast that you didn't have a chance to increase the rents. That's exactly and right. You made some money, didn't you? Oh, ridiculous! We sold them for twenty three thousand dollars a door. And you what? <laughs> and you bought them for twenty five hundred. We're in them all in at about let's just say ten thousand a door. Okay, that's you a know, pretty good return on your money in in under a year. Yeah, in under a year, and those opportunities still exist. We're doing a deal right now, uh, on one of our multifamilies. We bought it for one point two six five. Right. We spent thus far about fifty thousand in the rental. There's another forty or fifty that still has to go in. We'll call it a hundred. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll spend a hundred thousand. But we right now, it, we had it three months, almost four months, four months. Let's just oh call man, it. that's an eternity. Yeah, for really, multi family. Right? This was something that we were gonna we planned on keeping this for two to three years. Absolutely. In four months, with the renovations and the increase in rents, just cleaning it up, getting rid of all the bad tenants, increasing the rents. Uh, and beautifying the property. Evicting the roaches. Got to get them all out of there. <laughs> yeah. Got to get them all out of there. We went from a one point two six. Uh, valuation purchase price to a $2.1 million valuation in, in three months. Just three months. That's amazing. Now, for us, you know, we know we're going to finish the work and because we still have about 10 more rents to increase, but that increase is going to take that 2.1 to approximately 2.5, say 2.4 to be on the safe side. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a million, two million one for us. Yeah. Why keep it when we know we can sell it right now? We can do a lot more with a million bucks in our pocket. Ten thirty one that into a, on another one tax free. Yeah, you know. But this is these are the things that you do to prepare for downturns. We got into the multifamily to prepare us for a shift in the market. Exactly. So that we can one have liquidity because that's going to give us a ton of liquidity on a monthly basis, not just to live, but to reinvest in other things. So when it gets to a situation, I don't know if we're going to see home values fall to $20,000. No, I don't think so. You know, but when they get more realistic in there and they do come down to 60 and 70, you know, the places we like to buy at, 
prices. I mean, we like to buy at. We're going to be in a much stronger position than a lot of our contemporaries. Yeah, and and being able to to pivot, and I'm really shocked to hear that I said no to that three times, sir. Uh, three times. Three times. But who's counting? <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? But you woke up though, you one day, and you were like, you know, um, <laughs> I we did wake really up. Look into that. <laughs> I've been to Birmingham actually since then and was looking at, uh, I think, 100 units over there. Yeah. No, it was 80 units. That's what it was. Yeah. And I thought it was ridiculously high at $40,000 a door. <laughs> and I still think that. Yeah. But uh, it depends on where it is. But yeah, yeah, yeah it could be. But you know, we're, we're about to put a, a smaller uh, one under contract, 30 units. That's right. And um, you've already raised a ton of money, you know, for our purchase side of it. That's right. And you've already gotten the funding approved. I don't even have a contract signed yet. <laughs> Wait a minute. And and I want to, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at this thinking, you know, if we're buying at this cap rate and we could sell it at that cap rate now. Right. And there's a like $950,000 difference yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Why wouldn't we sell that now? But you yeah. said you, all of our investors want to hold it. Yeah, because that's a great, because of its location. Yeah. And the increasing, the increasingly difficult process of buying yes. in-town multifamily. <laughs> right. You know, that that's why. You know, that is a, a property that will will kind of solidify and anchor uh, a certain level of wealth and value over the next five to seven years. Do you know how I got that? I do. How, how did I get that? So, because we we develop relationships. Yeah, that's right. And people call us and say, hey, I got this thing. Before I put it out there, yeah. do you want to take a peek at it? Absolutely. You know, he, and this guy said, Hey, listen, I'm calling you because you were really nice to me on the phone. Yeah. And I'm, I, I try to be nice to everybody. Not always, but, <laughs> but yeah, I must've been really nice to him. And he said, I, you know, do you want to look at this? I said, yeah, send it over. Yeah. I don't know if I want to buy it or not, but I looked yeah. at it and I said, hell yeah. Yeah. And it was a, the guy, I really like him because he's straight up, you know, he's super straight. A, a lot of people that you meet are going to, give you half the story or they're going to embellish. This guy just said, listen, here's the price. We don't have this. We don't have this. We don't have this. Here's your rent rolls. Figure it out. And the price is firm. And it's firm. And there's, like Steve said, right now, uh, if if we took it down and just rented three more units out, <laughs> right. just three units, and raised the rents just $20, there's an immediate million dollar value there, a uh, profit, right. uh, immediate million dollars. It'll take two months, three months to do that. Yeah. You can't do this. I don't know any other place where you can just create a million dollars. To me, that three months is a long-term hold. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. But that's, I mean, these are the things that truly, truly solidify you. You know, you're getting cash flow. You have equity, equity that you can actually leverage. Why can you leverage it? Because it's real. Okay, it's real. It's not like a single family house, for instance. When you go to get a loan and you have a single family home as a rental property, they will only allow you to take 75% of whatever your rent is and count that as cash flow or as um, as income, excuse me. Whereas multifamily, it is what it is. And you know, they know that that in a downturn, the single families are going to get hit the worst because right. they're not driven by the numbers, they're driven by emotions, really. That's exactly right. But 
I want to take a minute and talk about our next seminar, which Let's is March the 21st. It is really the basics. Is yeah. How do you recognize a great value in real estate when you see it? Go to realestate360show.com, and you'll be able to register for it as 20 whole dollars. And and the fundamentals are really where it begins. That's what we have to have. Yeah. We have to have the fundamentals. So, listen, guys, go to iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play. Listen it's, to us. It's wherever you listen to us. It's where wherever you are, we are. <laughs> wherever you are. 